Hey lovelies, welcome to the journey of self-love through self-care podcast. My name is Amy Mercado and I'm the owner and the creator of my brand, The Mercado Method, where I teach a variety of online yogas and fitness classes, breath works and posture classes. Today I'm really buzzing to have a guest on Adam Slawson. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. You are, yeah. And Adam and I connected recently at an ecstatic dance where I was actually really drawn to to connect with his mum originally and your mum actually started sharing some of your story about how you used to be and the kind of person that you are now. Right, what did she say? (laughs) (laughs) Um, She was just saying that you've sort of gone from this nine to five corporate sort of world of being and living to this sort of free flowing, much more happy and just totally transformed as a person and oh, I'm gonna make me cry <laughs> watching you and your mum actually it was you guys were dancing together and you'd connected and put your foreheads on each other and you was dancing it was quite almost tribally but it just it just opened my heart and that's what drew me to want to connect oh beautiful beautiful and, yeah, um, a special moment that was I was like yeah, was... I, I had a little cry when I, I don't cry particularly easily at the moment so oh gosh I'm the total opposite <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm unlearning the uh, the male thing of the you know big boys don't cry thing. So um, yeah, I'm still in the process of doing that, but it's tough work. But I'm getting there. Yeah, it's um, the crying thing. I'm like, is this ever going to stop? Now these channels have opened. It does. Uh, um, slows down definitely. But yeah, I wanted to just invite you on to. So I know also you have your company Plight Club, and then after we spoke as well, you do like one to one coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and you incorporate what it sounds like physical movement as well as working with emotions and going into sensations in the body. Yes. So I'd just love to hear a little bit about maybe who you are and your journey so far, and then we can sort of just sort of drop in and out and see what flows. Yeah, for sure. So I suppose my journey in this world started about 10 years ago with um i was doing some philosophy lessons um, because i'm interested in that and um the teacher said to me what he says i sense a knot in you um and i almost burst into tears with just at those words and i was like that's weird like what was that what's that and so i started on this kind of investigative journey of kind of what like what was that and then read about my emotions got into the psychology of things etc etc um and i used to suffer from um anxiety really badly really big really bad bouts of it um and i just thought it was one of those things you know it's part of life you know people get anxiety but i but i i got particularly bad bouts and the last one being in january 2019 um and i i didn't sleep for well i slept like two hours a night for about three weeks um i lost um about seven kilos of weight and i even turned this weird shade of gray uh, and it was, it was just, it was very, it was my version of hell, basically. Um, and I, it, I just, there's something needs to be done about this. And so, and, and, I, and I, so I ramped up my experimental uh, practices. And so I went, yeah, ecstatic dance was certainly one of them. Um, and then, yeah, I've been on, ah, if you name it spiritually or physically or whatever, I've done it. I've tried it. I've, you know, I've learned from it. I've built, um, built a, um, a coaching program from it and from my, from my experience. Um, and now I have a profound, I feel deep understanding of how 
how the universe works and my place in it um, and how one can obtain what I call personal freedom. So it's personal freedom coaching is what I do. Um, and it's very much, uh, it's, it's very linked to the Taoist practices in, in essence, so working with energy in that sense. Um, but mainly at the heart of it is understanding the E in our emotions. So it's emotion means energy in motion. So it's just, if you can start to see that we're energetic beings, we are made of energy like everything else is in the universe, you can start to take yourself out of your own life uh, and then you become a bit more free and you can kind of ride the waves of life as opposed to them taking you down or getting anxious or trying to control everything, which is, which was, I, that's one of my triggers, which caused the anxiety attack in 2019. Well, it was actually a combination of two of my triggers, which was fear of abandonment and, uh, and control. It was just a massive, it was with a relationship and it just went horribly wrong and I got smashed into a million pieces. Um, and, but I'm really grateful for that now. Like at that point in time, it was the worst thing ever. Uh, it was like, it, yeah, as I said, it was my version of hell. Um, but now it's that was the best thing that ever happened to me, in essence. So learning to look at life and not attach to that this is good and this is bad because you just don't know what the future holds. And you know, your, your life turns in stochantic, capricious turns like it did uh, at that, that time. And it felt like the end of the world. But it turns out it was the beginning of the world in that context. It seems, I don't know, it just seems like, because I suffered with chronic anxiety and that's what I guess broke me through to realise that I needed to make a change. Yeah. Um, what was it, what sort of age was you sort of experiencing? Was it something you've always had since childhood or was it something that... In, yeah, in hindsight, yes. Like I, at the time I didn't know. So my first anxiety attack was when I, that I can remember at least, was when I was... I was about 14, I think. And I was, um, something happened and I was like, I knew that I had to go into school and there was a threat of me being beaten up um, and by a few people <laughs> at the time. And and I remember, I can still picture the living, uh, the uh, the bathroom now. And I was, I was physically sick into the sink before I went to school. And it was just like, so my body just couldn't handle. Um, and then since that point, it's, it's, I've, you know, I've like a lot of people, but speaking for men, um, we just, it's, there's no, there was no avenue or space to show my emotions. And really my mom and dad are beautiful, loving people. And I'm, so I'm blessed to have parents that I could speak to, but there was no, it was still no, like with my mates and with in society and all those things, there was no outlet for it and no understanding of what was going on. Like we're not taught about our emotions in school in that sense, which is something that we definitely should be. And part of Plight Club is that, it's going to be that um and yeah start so that was the starting point and then periodically for the next um well like 20 years or so i would get um an anxiety attack every now and again and i didn't necessarily know that there was a there was like a pattern to them until uh the ones like particularly in 2019 and then i got i was coached prior to prior to that as well and it, connecting the dots and various different things is what is, is very much part of the coaching that i do which enables people to see their behavioral patterns and also their mental constructs that they have and you can start to connect the dots and when you can then realize oh that thing that my behavior in the present isn't actually it's just being triggered and it's something in the past that is being triggered it's a protective mechanism and our bodies our egos are doing the best they can you know their job is to keep us alive like so when we were kid, when we were young that's what they were doing like to protect us but then fast forward x amount of time and it's still li living that pattern. And it's then the only way to break free of those patterns is 
to, if you imagine a record player, lift the needle of the record player uh, and then move it somewhere else and then start creating a, a new groove. And, and that's how I do. So from a med- mental point of view and with physical practices, you start to, in, a, in essence, act a new way of being. And then eventually that just becomes your way of being because you, you replace the old behavioral pattern. How did you then, as a teenager, how did you handle having that anxiety or was there behavioral patterns that then formed from that um i i I think i had a rate like a relatively normal um teenage years in the context i wasn't particularly like i was i desperately wanted to fit in all the time like you know i like standing out was just the worst thing ever for me but then in my like when i was 14 i started smoking uh cigarettes uh i started drinking not a, well, a little bit of 14 but then as you get older into 16 going to the park and drinking cider on the park and all that kind of stuff and then you know I, i'm not saying that i used alcohol to to manage my anxiety in that but it definitely didn't help in the context of it you know makes you more anxious but then i just you know i went to uni and i had a like i had a relatively i well I had a great uni and the, the experience that I did, I remember my childhood very, very fondly, but I also have rose-tinted glasses. I forget that there were some very dark periods that are with related to anxiety. But luckily, my anxiety was came in bouts, and it wasn't like general day-to-day anxiety. And so, you know, the one in 2019 was the, um, was it was massive. It was like, it lasted a long time. The effects of it was like six, it was like six months overall. And it was at that point, I was like, well, this is this I don't not that I was thinking of suicide but it's like I don't want to live like this I want to tra- change so it's like and it was it was that that making that decision and same for you in Buddhism it's called I think it's believed it's called a satori moment so it's like when you wait you're like you it either you choose to wake up or you get woken up and it's like okay and then something's just a line and you decide to accept your humanity um and in Buddhism that's when um they believe you're actually born is when not your physical event of when you're born that's when you yeah that is obviously you come into this way of being and into this body but when you decide to accept that you're human is when you're actually born is what that is what they uh, believe and then from that point forward your capacity to feel gets stronger and stronger and stronger yeah i feel when i went through my process it was i don't want to live like this anymore but i'd also known that i'd been in a hole before so i sort of had this marker of well i don't I could go back to that and then close off and go back to more medication Mm. or I can maybe try doing something slightly different. Yeah, it was my, like what I realized when I felt really, really anxious is that I, as much as it was awful and I had to manage the symptoms of it and the pain that you have in your body and doing all those things and the continually like your thoughts, not leaving you alone. Something I realized was like, I didn't get nervous when I was really anxious. Like I, I would happily walk because I was so anxious already that there was no space to be more nervous, <laughs> if you know what I mean, if that makes sense. So I remember like meeting quite a lot of girls because I just walked straight like there was no nerves. I was like, oh, just me wholeheartedly. And I just walked straight up and um, I didn't tell them that I was feeling super anxious or anything at that point in time. Um, but then that was kind of a thing. It's like it's so it's not it was kind of the beginning of the thread that it will be. It, it's OK even if this is how I live forever, it's okay. And it's like, it's not, but it is, if you know what I mean, that's the beginning bit of the, of the thread. And, and from there, it's like, there was a, I was, yeah, as I said, like, there was never suicidal thoughts for me. Uh, well, there's a, there was a couple of times in my early, in my early twenties, um, where that was, um, when was that? 
oh yeah when I came out of when I came out of uni um it was and then I everything and I I went to America and uh for some do some traveling but I left my house left my girlfriend left my job left and it, every, so I took all of the you know the stability away from me and then basically had massive anxiety attack because of that because I just felt completely out of control you know and didn't know that that was one of my triggers at that point in time but um but in that there was always there was always something in me that was that would just keep going like I don't I don't know necessarily know how to explain it I can now rationally rationally explain what was going go, well I say rationally but some people might say it's a bit spiritual um but uh, there was oh yeah there's always something that kept me kept me going in that sense did you feel so when you went to uni did you feel you was doing something that you wanted to do or did that sort of align with you and did that bring anything up it did yeah it's then that's an interesting question because yes it did because i did um engineering product design which is something that i really enjoy, i really really did enjoy my course but i had a choice at that moment to either do furniture design or product design and i at that moment i chose my head i chose with my head instead of my heart let's say so i chose because furniture design is like well you can only be make furniture or be a teacher with that is what i thought naively thought at the time and with product design there was like there's lots more avenues and it's a safer it's a safer bet let's say so you're more likely to get a job and so at that moment i i believe is where i started trusting my head more than i trusted uh, tr following my heart which if i did it again um i'd probably make the same decision of course but it's um but yeah that's that was kind of a defining point but only in hindsight yeah, I did. Yeah. So that it was that moment, I believe, that was my first or I can think of is my first decision that I made. Like I trusted my head more than my heart. It was that I think that was a turning point in in, in life, perhaps. Um, but then I yeah, my career was flip flop between doing um, creative stuff, which is in design and then management. So I was a project project manager and I flip flop between those two things, not knowing that it's apparently unusual to be able to use both sides of your brain. Like I didn't, didn't know that until, you know, about 10 years ago now. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I came together in a, um, as a, essentially a management consultant, um, for which used both sides. And I was very happy there for about seven years doing that. And then I, um, on the surface at least and then behind the scenes okay there was definitely occasional um anxiety attacks going on uh, and then i yes, went just went into coaching um and just and slowly but surely um came to where i am now um yeah so did i i, I lasted three months at uni <laughs> right, did um it just didn't feel right i i'd gone and done something that my head had told me made sense for me to do yeah um and then i just had this sort of I don't want to do this for this many years and then come out and then maybe not work in this. Mm, There's mm. a lot of sort of confusion around it. Um, but for myself, it was quite a thing to do to say, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. I, for me, my, cause my, my journey started with about 10 years ago, but the one, the thing that happened in 2019 was very much a cap, uh, the catalyst for enhancing my, um, desire to sort myself out. Basically I'd already, I take, I, I can't remember part of the reason for the massive anxiety attack in 2019 was because I was already working with a coach. And one of my things, one of the things very much is if you feel anxious, the, the way out of anxiety is to do more of the thing that makes you anxious. Right. And it's, and that was my main thing in my coaching. And it was really, really hard, but I was in an open relationship at the time and it was, and we did it at distance. And it was like, if you want to test your anxiety and bring up all of your insecurities, try an open relationship. <laughs> 
And I was like, at the time, I was like, I'll try it because my thing, I was like, I'm not going to try and control anything. That's I'm actively choosing to not, you know, and it was really, really hard. And bless her as well. She, you know, she, it, she, she was, you know, it wasn't one-sided. Obviously, we agreed on that, but we were entering it very naively and didn't do the research. And there's ways to do an open relationship and you have to be very good at communicating your feelings, which neither of us particularly were at that point in time. Um, and yeah, and it was that that, came, that was kind of the instigator of the big, the big blowout for me. But that was the time where I was like, whoa, okay. And it was then that I started going, you know, I, um, I'd actually had a flight booked to go and see her where she was miles away. But because I didn't use it, that ended up then being used to go to Thailand. And on in Thailand, I went on some a lot of spiritual practices there. And that was the thing that was doing those practices like breath work, yoga, water therapy, um, rebirthing ceremonies, other things as well. Um, and yeah, and that was the, yes, I said, the catalyst moment that, cha that changed everything, I suppose. So you decided to do that as opposed to going? Yeah person so you followed your your intuition or you followed well, well in that moment because because i said well and when we first broke up what happened was i switched for, i went into some weird anxious attachment style something that's useful for the listeners to to understand is that the different types of attachment style of secure avoidant um anxious and you can change you know you're not always one and i have like I've never really been a prop full-on anxious attachment style till that moment i had been avoidant for sure but but in at the time, I had no idea what I none of this language was I had any of it. And it was only since that point, I had a bit of a bad run with meeting women after that point. And, and I did and like I fell in love, let's say three times over the course of 10 years. And each time that person um, wasn't wasn't ready for the relationship after X amount of time either self-sabotaged it or what and it was partly me and my behavior of perhaps not like fully stepping in or being avoidant myself and I understand you know so it's again there's no blame but it was um but understanding that anxiety if you're really really anxious or you're really really numb hence the avoidant thing they're both signs that there's you'll be you've been massively triggered and that it's it's like I can't I don't want to speak clinically because I'm not qualified to do that but I you know that is in my life 100% that that has indicated that there's something in my past that has is, has been left unresolved and and the way um the way our body works is that if you've got um say so, so hypothetically in in your life if there's if there's something's happened and you like someone broke up with you and you didn't know the reason why or one of your friends left and you still didn't know the reason why or your parents separated and you didn't know the reason why as an example your body or your subconscious is constantly searching for that answer so when it finds something that will you know that might, might be that answer or might help placate the feeling you're gonna like latch onto it or you're gonna get really scared and push away from it and so either one of those two things is off the set or off a line secure attachment style is a person that can obviously feel that they've been triggered and be able to go oh okay i've been triggered i can understand what's going on and talk about what's going on that's a relatively um, um secure secure attachment style in that way but it's um it's just important to recognize and for the listeners is a really really good exercise um which i'm actually going to do with people on my workshop which is tomorrow um is if you make a list of everything you can remember which sounds grand but all the big but all the big things that you can anything you can remember is because there was an emotion attached to it good or bad in that context and because you know if i said to you can you remember going to tesco's a month ago like no because nothing happened but if i say can you remember when you got punched in the face at tesco's you'd remember it 
right? So that's what happens in our life. And that's, they almost creates a, a map that you can then go, oh, okay, some of my reactions in the present may well be because of one of those things. And in the coaching that I do, I enable, I, I enable people to create the connect, connect the dots between the maps. And when you do, you silence your bot, your, your subconscious and, the, and, and it constantly asking these questions. And what that does is it simply, it turns down the volume of your brain. So the voice, the negative voice, and I'm going to use inverted commas because we could get onto whether the stuff are positive and negative because yeah, that's a human construct. But anyway, um, the, the, your, your brain, yeah, searching for the answers when it finds an answer, it's called closing loops close the loop and your volume of your brain mind gets turned down and the instincts from your body and the wisdom of your body can come through more more clearly um that's true i believe for for, for everyone um in that but it's just, it's it's very easy to say but it's incredibly difficult to to do and it's a lifelong journey now i hadn't anticipated that it could be a friendship that could allow us to be felt abandoned or not have closure on something mm. um so how would you sort of navigate through something like that or because because it's almost like we must be sort of looping back from the past to then maybe get into situations from what i can feel like the universe sometimes does and then it's 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 an opportunity i feel to then sort of recognize that maybe this is a habit or a pattern for us to step mm. into if we choose to but my pattern seems to be I will push someone away as soon as they get near to me, even though I want them to love me. Yeah. And I've also had awareness to things like love bombing and stuff like that as well. Um, fairly uh, the last few months. And I was like, gosh, I have done that. And I've been part of that as well. Yeah. And it's trying to now learn to navigate through new friendships and new experiences without running away from someone and hurting them at the same time mm -hmm. and trying to work out if this is happening in my present reality or is this something that something's shifted me and i've gone back into a subconscious pattern mm. when and obviously for the people base i'm using doing a hand gesture for the people that are just listening but my hands are about a foot apart um and say this is 100 percent. when we're born we're born into a capacity to feel which is 100 percent. okay and so in our early years or formative years, stuff happens that our egos need to protect us from in order to, or it thinks it does to keep us alive. So hypothetically, your parents break up. So you have to not feel as much. So your, your ability to feel gets slightly smaller. You have a breakup with a partner, smaller again, friends that abandon you, the teachers mean to you, whatever, you know, and some other horrible things could have happened like abuse and things like that, which are, but you, your, your body's, you know, your ego's doing its thing to protect you. And that's what it's there to do. So what it just does is limit your capacity to feel so that you don't, you know, don't, you don't go crazy, basically. Um, and it, we get to a certain point, and if you think of a thermostat in a house, you've got your the thermostat, which is the controller, which is your mind, and then you've got the radiator system, which is your body. Thermostats work fine if they come on at 80 deg 18 degrees and go off at 23, but when they could come on at 20 and go off at 21, there's not a huge capacity for, for um, the heat of the energy to flow, okay? And so there is a big spillage and you were outside of that range you're in anxious mode either avoidant or or anxious or you know um scary um in that context but the real problem start was when i had my when you actually have an anxiety attack is when the system comes on at 
18 degrees and also goes off at 18 degrees, then you're then you'll boil over because the energy has to go somewhere. That's the first law of thermodynamics. It has to go somewhere and it will. Uh, and so for you, when you had the, your big wake up thing, that that was because the energy like you were you're controlling it with your mind. You didn't want to feel it, didn't want to things, but it's your body will make you feel it, you know, and and we label that anxiety or our body goes numb to protect us from feeling it. So that in when when we do that and we make the decision to choose ourselves at that point, the reverse starts to happen. So there's a famous saying by there's a guy called Peter Crone, which I hi highly recommend everyone check out if and he's known as the mind architect. But um, he, he says life will bring you people and circumstance to highlight where you're not free. Right? And he's he's taken that from Buddhist texts, from Zen texts, and I know like having read a fair amount on it, but he's a beautifully eloquent sentence, which is which I use a lot. Because then what's happening is a, a, something will be brought to you to, as a lesson to either you heal the thing that's happened in the, in the past or you keep doing the same behavioral pattern. So when, you're, when you can recognize, and I'll illustrate from my, my life relatively recently, um, me and my partner have, well, like we shared a house together for about two years and relatively recently is when we got together about five months ago. Uh, and it was in, around October last year. And I, um, I was in Ibiza at the time and I came back halfway through my trip to essentially confess my love to her in that context. Uh, and that was on the Friday night. And we had an amazingly beautiful connected night that night. I woke up Saturday morning, and shut down. I was Dexter, basically. I was completely shut down. There was nothing. Like, I, I didn't feel a, a complete apathy towards her. There wasn't, and I was like, hang on, this is, one of these two states isn't true. Right. And I was like, and so rather than what I've, what I've done in the unknowingly done in the past was obviously there's something wrong with her. It's not me. Like I'm fine and I'm not feeling anything towards her. Therefore the, the thing that's wrong is her, not me. And so in that moment I decided, and she's an absolute Oracle for me for this is that I turned into it and said, this is what's going on for me and explained how I was feeling, do those things. And we, excuse me, sorry. And we ironed it and, and, and slowly through talking to her and being held by her and her not running away, it, it kind of ironed out that crease. You know, if you think of your body as a hose pipe and a trauma is a kink in the hose pipe, there's a horrible hissing noise and all that. But when we have an anxiety attack, it's a bit like someone's taken the, taken the um, kink out of the hose pipe and all the water just like rushed through. But if you can hold yourself in that container and 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 slowly but surely take out take out the um the um the kink, then it doesn't repeat. And then you've healed that tra that a trauma from the past. It might not be there's not necessarily like like for like, but you've you, you've healed something. Um, and it might take a few goes at that to fully heal the trauma. In that sense, what do you feel? Because obviously you've come back from my far you felt like I need to declare this love to this person. You've had this epic night and you've just felt so amazing. What do you, do you feel like some, do you feel like something would have triggered that for you to have that sudden, this isn't just that disconnect? Yeah. Well, it's, it's just that my, the, my body starts to, oh, there's someone getting close to me. That's a danger. And so what's well, well, incorrectly because of stuff that's happened, particularly in the last 10 years, each time I've got close to someone, it's been shut like it's my my love hasn't been received let's say or there's a fear like from my childhood and one of the my triggers is fear of abandonment because when i was 14 all of my friends um the, at the time in the village um just abandoned me and they like they didn't explain why and 
Um, and so that was a there's a big thing for me. But it was all going on in my subconscious. I had literally obviously no no idea this is what's going on. But it's a map for everyone that is in it, it, it is literally what's happening. Um, and so when you get to a situation where there's a decision to be made, if you can see a pattern, then it's like the the, the chances are it's you. <laughs> it's not them. Like it's it's you know. And so you have an option, even though you f- might feel numb or you might feel anxious, if you turn into it and stay there and don't run away, you're essentially saying yes to life. And if you go the other way, you're saying no to life in essence. And it's like, and when you, when whomever you're with, you'll know when it's an instinctive thing that you're, the relationship's over. It's like, and the same with the situation, like, you know, with you and uni, it was like, you just, you can't necessarily rationally explain why you didn't go to uni because that's the logical safe thing to do in this society, isn't it? Right. But you, you had, you, and um, kudos to you for following your instincts and you'd like you, and you could feel that now this isn't right. You didn't need any rational explanation as to why that is. So your instincts were guiding you and they were right, like in that context. And so with the sentence of people bring um, life brings you people and circumstance to highlight where you're not free every time you feel a little bit anxious that there's a uh, either or numb there's a sign that you're not free there and so you can either choose like choose to have that conversation with someone choose to you know choose to do the skydive if it's that's that dramatic thing or do do whatever but it, but it happens in day-to-day life really little things you can notice that when you're concentrating on the inwards if you spend 80 percent of your time thinking about what the feeling of your body and using that as a steering mechanism as opposed to like listening, perhaps listening to what people are saying. It's like, yes, you are listening, but your response comes from your body, not from your mind. And it's quite a diff- it's quite a seismic shift when you start to do that. I was connected with someone, but there was so much attraction and pheromones and it was almost like this instinct of wanting to be with that person, but then something again didn't align so it's learning to to trust what is a pattern and what is maybe me maybe going into avoidant or numbing to Mm. actually this generally doesn't feel right right now and then making that decision to either lean into something but part of that for me was leaning in and then speaking about it and then still taking action that felt right for me in that moment i don't know if it was um me then abandoning something and fear of getting close mm-hmm. again and that's still something i'm unpacking is mm-hmm. there anything you could sort of recommend because it's it's so something that i'm learning is it's so challenging to sort of discern between is this a pattern or is this the right thing right now mm, it's it is difficult to discern it, and and um i don't there isn't i don't think there's a magic wand answer to that apart from when a pattern that i noticed in my own behavior was that because like I can use the language, I'm sure your listeners, if they do yoga, they understand the language of masculine energy and feminine energy, yin, yang, um, yang, yin. Um, and obviously that's not, we all have masculine and feminine energy in every individual, whether you're a man or a woman. Um, and, but mo- mostly men have more, more masculine energy or they're feminine or they're not as comfortable in their feminine energy, or it's not as activated than, uh, than women because women it's more, it's more acceptable for women to show their emotions in society than it is for men to show that um, that's a relatively generous statement, but I think that's pretty true. Um, and so a lot of women have a distrust of the masculine. And so their masculine energy isn't as um, activated as it, as it could be. And so what I had in my or a lesson, tough lesson I had to learn is I used to be very attracted to chaotic women. 
like so women that like artists and ones that are their feminine energy very expressive do those things and because partly because my it comes down to polarity is like my i had overly masculine so that 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 pole was very activated and their mass their feminine energy was overly uh, uh, overly active and therefore when we came together it fit it we would fit and then we would balance each other out but what the problem was yes you balance each other out for a bit but then slowly over time it would come back to normal and you would be like oh, okay then you would lose interest in them because you you actually hadn't filled your own holes basically um and so one of the things i you know learned now i find overly chaotic people i'm like okay i've seen this before i'm not you know even though i still don't get me wrong i find them attractive but it's not i know that it's not healthy for me so i actively stop going going for that and to an extent i find not that i find it um a turn off because that's not the right word to use but i just know that okay yeah we're not we're not until i've because i'm much more balanced than i used to be and i need to meet people that are more balanced that are balanced as well in in that way and i then you're into a a different type of union altogether but it's a more healthy one um i'm not all the time balanced don't get me wrong i'm not not saying that 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 is the case but it's 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 a bit like a, a healthy relationship doesn't feel as exciting. Yeah. Which is not, and I, I mean, it, and in the nature that it doesn't feel so exciting, it's, it, that's what makes it exciting. Like, because it's safe. That's the thing that it's, you know, you feel safe around somebody. One of my um, a friend of mine who um, she's also a, a wonderful coach as well. She, she was, she said to me the other day, I've met a guy and for the first time in my life, I fell asleep in his arms. Like I've never, she's never been able to sleep with a guy in her bed, at least, at least initially. Like, and she, and I, and, and she was like, well, that's likely because, you know, I'm my, I've, she's done a lot of work and, and it's a relatively bad and she felt safe energetically in the, in this space. Um, and my partner literally at the weekend said, and we spoke, spoke about it. She's like, she's felt the urge to have a bit of like our relationship at this point. Done, there's no drama in it. Like it's, it's solid. It's really safe and lovely. But she was like, I feel the desire to have a bit of drama. <laughs> like, I, you know, and that's, the, and she was like, I'm, is that self-sabotaging behavior? Because it can be. Like a lot of people get to a point where they're like, oh, they start to feel safe in a relationship. And because in their past safety, that's not the normal norm for them. The norm is feeling unsafe and a bit chaotic. And so if as soon as you start to feel that it's something isn't the norm and it's that that actually even though it's safe feels unsafe <laughs> which is weird isn't it and then you and then at that point a lot of people the, the, the term is self-sabotage and because you're not speaking about how you feel so the energy will make you do something else so your energy will your behavior will change in some way and you'll do some and it's not it's not absolving people's you know um the right and wrong here and there isn't in that context right or wrong or their actions but there is to an extent that if you don't talk about how you feel, if you don't move the energy and do this and express your emotions, decisions are going to be made for you. Like, and because your behavior, you will act a certain way and you'll be like, oh, fucking hell, I did that thing again. Like, and it's like, uh, it's like, if you keep doing, if you keep doing the same thing, it's you, it's not them. That's like, it's, and I've like speaking from experience, it's like, you know, dated quite a lot of women in that context, gone through patterns and kind of, yeah, not, I actually wrote an article on it called, um, called The Rangover which is a relationship hangover and learning. Like, I think the worst, one of the worst things you can do after you come out of a relationship is go back on dating apps. It's like, they, sh- they also almost should have like a, have you been broken up for a relationship in the last six months? And if the answer to that question is yes, you can't use these <laughs> dating apps. I feel that kind of, but they have their place and they are fun, but 
um i i find that the you know it's people and i was doing it guilty certainly guilty of doing it of like you get back on the horse really you know you're like i should get out there because i should be having fun i should do all it and it's like no actually maybe just sit in the emotion and feel how sad i actually am at this loss um and grieve the relationship properly and give yourself time to do that um and then at the moment when you're whole again and it might take you a couple of relationships actually to become fully whole again and in the article i call them consagi consigi relationships which is like when you you know in the when a pot gets broken in japan and they put them back together with gold like they and that makes another and it's like your heat like your life brings you people and circumstance to highlight way to heal you and so like your the next relationship may it may be the the one that goes on forever but it also may be one that's just brought to you to to heal you and vice versa because that you would be doing the same thing they would have the same thing happening as well um yeah yeah that's because i'd sort of took a year break for right no no men no nothing and then was trying to sort of just work out what had happened and then this person come into my life and it was it was amazing but it was almost like it felt like we was both dipping our toes back in the water i guess mm. that's the best way to sort of put it but similar to what you'd done with the open relationship we was like, oh, we're just going to go in with this and this and not get feelings involved and then obviously feelings got involved yeah and it was like well hang on this wasn't meant to happen but it was almost like this push-pull dynamic then become because then one of us would sort of feel stronger and the other one would pull away and then the other one would then be like okay and then the other one would go back yeah, and right, just yeah, like yeah. hold on a minute this feels familiar again I've been here before i've been here before <laughs> um um yeah i've been it before and that's it but it's like those moments where you go and that's the thing about the decision you could either continue that behavior or you go oh no i recognize this i'm gonna go the opposite way and go and you know that that as much as exciting and like passionate that pull push pull behavior you know ultimately that doesn't serve you you know in that context and and it's at that moment you like and this is where the uh, like um um secure attachment style goes Thank you but no thank you in that context uh, and then what then what then happens is life goes oh she, they or you know in the context of you or me is like it's i'm not that energy i'm not going to do that energy anymore so you're saying no to that but what you also say at the same time is yes to every, to the to the universe to this for the other type of energy and you'll be surprised how quickly the the, the yes of the type of energy that, will, that you want in your life will be be brought to you and it's the same like with all of our little things that we're doing it's like we need and there's a book called um the four agreements and in it the first agreement is um be impeccable with your word uh, and in that it's, it, it runs deep because most people perhaps don't realize but i think it's explained in the book it's like when you're talking you're talk you're talking energetically to the unit like to the universe so if you continue in a pattern behavior you'll just be bought more of that behavior like and until you decide to stop and make the decision then you'll be bought the other uh, the next thing and so it might be another lesson you need to learn and it's a bit you know there's there is definitely a, a school of philosophy that believes that souls come into the to a human being and it's just a game like you know and you're trying to complete it and that's in in that sense and and it's like the do do the healing and then you get to a certain age uh, and your body physically dies uh, and you come your soul detaches from your body goes back into the the greater consciousness then loses capacity to feel, gets into another body and repeats the game again. Because like, it makes life a very kind of much, much more fun kind of way of looking at life as opposed to how serious it can get. Well, it's funny enough. So I think that's the thing that's given me comfort for it. I've, I've personally done like a, uh, in a plant medicine trip, I saw a relationship that I couldn't, I guess it was the relationship that had 
put me into that severe anxiety that then showed me that oh we took everyone a different plane and this energy is over there and it was it, yeah. it was just like oh i can let this go but even yeah. though i'd seen that on the trip it was still like it's still been a grieving process then physically in this reality to go oh okay that chapter is is done yeah, yeah, yeah. you now need to let that go here in this body as well because you've you've it allowed me to have peace but yeah. it was still like there was still so much energy in my body that needed to to come through mm. and it's similar to what's happening with this this previous person as well so even though i in my heart and my mind i was like okay this this feels like the right thing for now and i've got a trust on this and i've also like recently just moved home so that worry was there and it's now like it's cleared this space for me to really feel and it's this process is coming through now but my old pattern wants to reach out and reconnect and it's like you're going to start that push-pull dynamic again if you're not yeah. careful yeah. and that would be my pattern and then things would go on for months years and then before you know it, it it's like it gets magnified bigger and bigger and bigger yeah that's like it's a beautiful because it that it's a beautiful thing to be able to recognize and it also brings in um, a recommendation from a book for a book which i think i recommended to you which is the wisdom of insecurity because the thing that makes you feel insecure in though in that moment is not going to that guy you know that's there's a safety mechanism it's like when you go towards that guy it makes you feel safe for a period of time right because it's a normal behavior so the thing that makes you feel insecure is the not doing that and learning that thing is oh, such a game changer. Like to, and that's where Plight Club, the whole point of the vulnerable, you know, run rebel and rebelling through your vulnerability. When you feel vulnerable, it's the energy of creation talking to you. Like in that context, it's guidance, it's a direction. It's like follow it. Um, and so if we, if we feel excited or we feel anxious, we it's a human construct. Those two words, they don't, they're not, they don't mean anything. There's just energy being fizzed up. But if you think about anxiety, anxiety and excitement, they feel quite similar in the body, heart race, you know, skin gets sweaty, whatever, heart, you know, et cetera, et cetera, similar kind of feeling. And it's just direction. And that's it. So, but both of them mean go like that's, that's follow both of them. And it's the, like, the excitement's very easy to follow, obviously, because it's like, that feels good that we've labeled it. And so let's continue doing that, but you don't continue feeling excited forever. Right. Because eventually it just passes all by itself. It's the same true of vulnerability and uh, and fear and that kind of things. If you try and avoid it, it will stay around for a lot longer. But if you sit with it and move through it and let it, it will just pass on its own on on its own accord. It's just that we've yeah, as I said, labeled one good or bad. And if you can get out, and this is per, from a personal freedom point of view, get understand that all the language we use is a human construct, and it's like you you can start to be becoming free when you don't see the self as self, and you see it's more of energy. Uh, as opposed to we are obviously human beings in the language that we use but if you go down a layer it's like okay where everything is made of little balls which are called atoms right and you know go even further into that that's where you go into quantum physics and if you start to see there's a line in the Tao Te Ching that's very um it's, it's dear to me is if you don't see the self as self what do you have to fear and so yeah there's a lovely thing on Instagram just before this which was talking about that you, you know, when you're, when you can start to view the life as you yourself as an energetic being, as opposed to a human being, it's like, you don't start to label things. You don't start to do the blame thing on yourself and all it, and it, it starts to free you up and don't get me wrong. It takes a huge amount of practice to be able to, to, to do that. But eventually you've lifted the, 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 the record um, um, needle off the record and you're cutting a new groove. 
and you're doing the practice i'm doing the practice loads of people are doing it and it's called the work for a reason it's colloquially called the work and because it feels like work but it's absolutely magical the more you do it you know and there's a fundamental thing at the beginning at the heart of it and that's why polite club exists is that it's the feeling of vulnerability if you can and brenny brown very famous person for saying the power of vulnerability if you haven't seen her podcast on the power of vulnerability do watch it because it's incredible and she's bang on there's a huge amount of power in and when you feel vulnerable because you feel alive most importantly yeah i feel like that's sometimes why maybe i chased the anxiety as well because it would allow me to feel alive that adrenaline mm, mm. isn't necessarily safe um but I would chase that. Yeah, yeah. Humans, have, I think we're slightly, we, we're, we've been slightly wired wrong in the, in the, in society and it's slowly getting worse and worse and worse is that we are, we, we think that comfort and safety is our norm. Like, you know, and we're numbing ourselves with the likes of Netflix and the, uh, and the Spotify. You can get everything you want immediately. There is no discomfort anymore, really, in that context. And it's, it's actually our, our natural way of being the bit of is feeling alive. That doesn't mean feeling good or bad or ha happy or sad or what it, it means. There's feet, there's a, an energy moving, you know, and that's part of the wisdom of insecurity. So our natural way of being when we were in primal times is we didn't know where our next meal was coming from. We didn't know whether it was, and that's our norm. And we had, we had impetus to get off our ass and do stuff because otherwise we wouldn't, we wouldn't eat or we wouldn't have shelter or we wouldn't get sex or we wouldn't you know be able to procreate in that context and so the insecurity is what drove us but now we're so placated with everything the safety of well everything in that context if you've got a roof and don't get me wrong there's some people in certain situations where they don't have a roof over their head or they don't have enough food on their plate and i'm that's you know once you're out of that bracket everything else is just ego driven right and all we want actually is to be seen and heard and connect with other people. Like, and if you've got those and a roof over your head and food, what, what more, is there anything, what more do you want? Like, you know, and, 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 and me too, I was certainly obsessed with shiny stuff for, for a long period of time. Um, and then it's like, well, now there's a lovely line in Fight Club, the movie. It's like, well, you think it's your possessions start to possess you or something along those lines. And then I like act, actively try to get, you know, get rid of a lot of stuff. Because the more stuff you have, the harder you have to work. <laughs> well, I've, I've just literally sold my home and I'm like, don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing and just got lo rid of loads of possessions. And it's, I How didn't have feel? much. <laughs> I feel, like I said, all this grief is, well, I feel like now I haven't got to worry about the house and if it's going to sell or not. And I'm in this space of, I feel like all this grief and stuff is coming up and it's just like, oh, you've made space because you're not worrying about this and this anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think, the thing that's hit me the most is how energetically taxing it is to feel my feelings and then to allow myself like to normally I'd be up super early and this morning I was like I it's okay to lay here and just and then this the tears come and I was like okay and I just rested for a bit but then it's also then still having some part of you to get out of bed at the same time so I can really empathize with people that really do struggled out of bed just not knowing because everyone's like well how long are you going to be because I'm staying at my cousin's at the moment it's like, how long I don't know I generally don't know what I'm doing where I'm going and what's going to happen um and it just feels like a constant roller coaster at the moment but I feel like I've just got to feel it and allow myself to sort of go through this stage yep 
there's like that that's 100 what everyone needs to do at some point like and and the um i suppose like if there was a silver lining that i could offer you is that the when you're doing the deep healing and the and you're releasing like quite our bodies is where our energy of the emotions is stored when you're doing the the big ones you're you're releasing a lot of energy that's been stagnant for a long period of time like and so the energy the 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 volatility of the reactions is quite big but once you've like ringing a cloth eventually you ring it enough and there's no there's nothing left in it there's no water left in it right there's no the, and so then you you know you let go of the cloth and it starts to fill up like the cloth starts to what with like space air essentially you know in that context and and it's just so freeing and you're like oh and it's like a big breathe out and it's like oh it's so such a beautiful feeling because then the situations that would have bothered you in the past they just don't bother you anymore. Like, it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's whatever. Like, and you know, you're on your journey, you're on your path, you know, the direction you're going in, but the initial it's called like, there's a book called, and I do, I recommend books a lot. Sorry. I, I literally work in memory from book. There's one called, um, what's it called? It's by Bill Plotkin. It's like the journey of soul initiation it's called. And there's a phase in it called dissolution. And it's the same where it's like when a butterfly goes into its chrysalis, not a caterpillar goes into the chrysalis thing. I didn't know this and I find it absolutely fascinating that when a caterpillar goes into its chrysalis thing, it completely dissolves. There's no caterpillar left at all. It goes to a liquid and then turns into a butterfly. Like if you don't find that absolutely awe-inspiringly amazing, I'm like, what is that? Anyway, but that's kind of, we have to kind of dissolve. And then in the Tao Te Ching, again, my very book I'm very passionate about, it's like, if you want to be reborn, you've got to let yourself die that's the main thing and you're in the process of letting yourself die or the old version of you anyway and i'm just so hungry all the time <laughs> oh my yeah. god it's cold all i want to do is eat because i'm energetically releasing and then physically releasing and then still getting up and doing my yoga and my bits the best that i can yeah yeah and i hadn't anticipated that i would need calories just from emotionally releasing mm. but they, it's almost like i was trying to say no you can't have that because you haven't moved as much but it's the, the burning energy yeah 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 and it's one thing we don't like in you know modern society everyone like everyone's moving at a pace that is just it, it, we, you're I, th I think the one way to phrase it is if you're moving quickly all the time you're just taking years off your life because you're burning calories you haven't got like and so you're borrowing them from somewhere so you know and that will be borrowing them from your body you know and so we, if, unless we slow down feel and feel our stuff make space for our emotions and uh and yeah and i was thinking today actually just before i came out i went to wash my hands and i thought oh you know how hands in some buildings you have prayer rooms wow that's a lot you know in my and i used and i was like okay but it also every, every however many hours it is you get a break to stop for a bit and i'm like wow i'm gonna like adopt the that and take it you know I'm, I'm not i'm a very spiritual person but i don't adhere to any organized religion in that sense but the idea of taking that from the Muslim religion going, right, actually, I'm going to take a break every few hours to just be and sit and essentially that's a, some, that would be amazing practice to take on. Anyway, that's just occurred to me as well before this. Yeah, well, and it's, it's, it takes work to also be still if you're used to being that fast paced person mm. as well. So you, so, you know, that's even taking energy. So then you're like, right, I need to take a break. But then sometimes even taking a break can be a challenge if yeah. you're not used to sort of slowing down. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's what people will say. Like meditate. If if people don't meditate, then I would highly recommend taking on a practice of meditation because it is the best thing ever. Um, but don't worry about the length you do it for. Don't worry about the depth initially. Just worry about the re regularity, certainly initially, and just try and do it. You know, it takes about thirty days to form a habit, but just do it for a minute a day if you if you, that's all you have. But a lot of people say that they can't stop thinking when they meditate, um, and it's not meditation isn't about stopping thinking it's just about recognizing the thought and not attaching to the thought and going oh it's just a thought and then come back to your breath or whatever it is and it, and with practice you can end up sitting for a very long period of time um and it's lovely well the, i could i found that i couldn't meditate even though i taught yoga for years and it was yeah. actually finding breath work and being able to hold the breath longer and longer and longer and it got to the point where i was holding for so long i was like i reckon you could try meditation now and it led me to this whole spiritual experiences each time. Mm. Um, really love to know a little bit more about Plight Club and sort of what you do, like if it's one-to-one -one or online and yeah. maybe talk to us a little bit about your workshop as well that's coming up. Um, okay, yeah. So, yeah. so it was central to my, as I said, like everything stemmed from anxiety, right? That's what, and so I've got a bit, like a, such a desire to help people um take the next step in life uh, and, and work through their fears and their and their emotions in that sense but um plight club um it that is all about helping people have conversations so the all the t-shirts were this is one but it's like it's got a back print so you can't see it but um it's they all work as conversation starters so the so the idea being is like people when people say i like your shirt you go, I got it from Plight Club. It's all about vulnerability, being strength and and, and human connection. And then your conversation, you know, then start talking about the weather. Obviously, you've already broken the ice into a deeper conversation and you get more nourishing conversations. So I like I find that like I I, it's my, I do love a, a bit of banter and having a laugh. And don't get me wrong. So there is it's not always deep in, in that. And it, but it's like I do like to have nourishing conversations where I feel that I can be with people and be seen and they can be with me and, and that kind of thing. Um, and there is, you know, you get seen whilst doing having banterous conversations as well. But if that's all you've got, then you're not you're never going into the deep feeling. So the idea of Plight Club is particularly that is to 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 create a hopefully a global network. They're all connected through clothing that if you were to hypothetically see the logo on someone on a train, you know that they're open to a conversation, right? So you can actually say, oh, okay, and, and spark up a conversation in, in that context. So that's the that's the plan. And then the profits from Plight Club pay for, so at the moment, 25% of it go to suicide prevention charity, and then 25% go to fund coaching for people that are perhaps can't afford it. You know, So I think there's a, a problem in society, or there will be a problem in society that there's a like there's a there's some people can afford coaching and therefore they're getting it and doing it and there's obviously people that can't and that's that's not that's not a good balance i don't think the work that they're in so um yeah the plight clubs are out there to try and uh in time if if people buy the clothes and they you know and it become imagine it's as big as nike and then 50 percent of the profits pay for coaching for people there's like an academy in that sense that's the that's the thing the goal and then people can pay what they can afford for the coaching as opposed to uh, uh pricing because coaching can be quite expensive um in that sense um so at the moment i'm doing the coaching because because black club is quite small uh, and that leads me on to what i do um and that's yeah personal freedom coaching so it's a lot of what we've already spoke about 
spoken about and having energy, the energy of emotion at the center of it. So, so the word emotion is li literally comes from in Latin is derivative of energy in motion. And if you can start to see life as energy, as opposed to being a human, then things change dramatically. And so I do that. I take people on um, journeys, which are um, between seven and eight months. Uh, and in that you get 12, there's 12 sessions and they're spread out over, over um, that first few are weekly and then it'll go to two weekly, then it'll go to monthly. Um, so you can maximize your time uh, in that and practice. It's a lot of it is practice. Uh, I've just designed a, a group coaching program, which I'm going to be releasing in April. And then there's a monthly discover personal freedom, which I'm going to, it's a workshop. It's, it's like, it's, I think the price tickets between depending on how much you can afford it's between 10 and 20 pounds, like pay it forward at the 20 pounds. Um, and if anyone genuinely struggle, is struggling for cash and can't afford that, they're more than just contact me and I'm more, more than happy to give you. It's not, it's not about making money. It's just about getting the information out there. Um, and cause it's why I'm very, very passionate about it. So, um, though, yeah, that's all the, yeah, that's all the bits, I suppose, uh, that I, that I do and, 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 and getting the, getting the work out there. Um, but if anyone is interested in contacting me, they can contact me through Plight Club HQ um on instagram or they can go on my website well there's plightclub.co.uk and there's also um adam slawson my name.com okay do you find because seven to eight months even when um because i had a look at your website it, it at first my reaction was like oh i don't know if i'd want to commit to seven to eight months do you find that sometimes there is a little bit of a barrier with people with that sort of length of time yeah um i do but what the, the way i break down the pain i break it into three chunks and so the first chunk pays for the first like, first month, let's say, or month or six weeks, because a lot happens in that. That's the majority of the, my workload in the context of that is at the beginning. Oh, is at the beginning. And then, so if you really wanted to, there's a get out, you know, you can get out after that. Sure. Never had anyone do that. So, it, but it's a, but I totally, uh, I totally, yeah, I totally empathize. It's like, it, it can be quite a commitment. And so I, that's why I break down the payments into three chunks. Um, or, you know, if a person can afford to just pay up, uh, up front, then sure, I'm not going to say no to that. But but um, but you're right. It is, you know, it's like, oh, seven to eight months. But if you if you phrase it um, slightly differently, it's like there was again, there's just before um, coming on uh, on here on in, uh, Instagram, there was a guy who would say, well, if I gave you a million pounds or um, how would you feel? How would you feel if I give you a million pounds? Probably overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> But then, but if I upped it to like ten million pounds, how much? How like how would you? How would you feel? Again, I'm working for a lot of money blocks right now. Cool. But, um, but would I, you I, take? Would you take it? Me being me, probably no, because oh, I'm, right. I'm I'm going through this whole. I don't feel worthy of earning money at the moment, which is a whole interesting thing to unpack. But most people, I can imagine, be like, yeah, why not? But then the caveat that this guy puts on it, he was like, well, if I if I you can, the idea is you can have it, but you won't wake up tomorrow. And then he says, well, so, and then they're like, well, no, I don't want it. And then you'll say, well, and then his reflection was, well, you, that's the means you've just said that getting up tomorrow is worth every, and every day is worth 10 million quid. And it's like, okay. So if you, you know, from a freedom point of view, there isn't, and I know speaking from, I paid for coaching for, for me, it's like, if you want to get out of the way of being and stuff, it's like, you will look back and go, you know that's the best money i've ever spent because i you know in that context and it is so so worth it and there's lots of other coaches i'm not you know uh, you know there are other coaches available i'm not it's not just me but in that context but it is it's something that we should all that some like have at some point because we're not taught how to do life 
like and i've it's taken me 10 years doing experiment because my 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 old work was very much go into businesses do experiments and try and, and try new stuff and essentially i realized all i was doing is enabling the teams to have more confidence to try more stuff and so I just turned that on myself and, and, and tried new stuff. And so over 10 years, I did lots of different experiments, in essence, and pass or fail, what happened. Uh, and there's a book called The Surrender Experiment, which is essentially about that. Um, and yeah, so all I do really is I help people save time and I don't really teach them anything. I, I help them unlearn things. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, yeah, and it's, um, I, you know, I wish I had me back five you know five years ago in that context but um but yeah and it, the the other thing to say is like it's it's the right time and it's the right time you know you know and you and people just step forward and i i know 100 percent that the people i work with it's not an accident that i'm working with them you know and it's like and that's true for everything that's going on in life but it's very you know it's quite hard to get your head around initially yeah no, it makes sense to me okay i feel like we've covered so much and lots of books as well too. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. I love a good book. Um, so what I'll do is I'll pop Adam's details below. And if you want to get in touch, I'll pop your website and your Instagram and, and all your bits and pieces. Brilliant. Thank you. And um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been really great. I'm going to stop the recording.